Job chapter 7, verses 17 and 18. What is man that you make so much of him, that you give him so much attention, that you examine him every morning and test him every moment? Eric, I really like what you write in the devotional here where you talk about what Job is saying here. What is man that you make so much of him? You know, Job's crying out to God like, stop paying attention to me every day. Stop examining me every morning. And you turn that to us beholding the man, Christ. It's it's a great turn. I love the way you've written this. And on that first idea of Job saying, you know, basically stop testing, stop examining me, stop looking at me every morning. Uh, I live with two middle schoolers right now in my house. And it's making me remember middle school. When my kids were little, when they were, you know, before the middle school years, they loved the attention and affection of both of their parents. You, you like couldn't give them enough. You know, you could cuddle with them for a whole day and they would want you to cuddle as they went to bed. I mean, you just couldn't give enough attention. All of a sudden in middle school, the brain changes, the chemistry changes, the biology changes. And they say, don't look at me. Don't pay attention to me. <laughs> they don't want to be in photographs. They don't want, you know, of course they still want your love and affection, but they have this weird turn. And I'm just picturing Job. It's almost like a middle school moment here in Job chapter seven, where he says, why are you looking at me every morning, God? Uh, he's just tired of all the examination from God and, and who wouldn't be after what Job was going through. But I really like the way you turn this to say, let's behold the man Christ. Let's turn our attention to him and what he did for us as John the Baptist saw him on the side of the river. And he says, behold, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I think we would do well every day to, you know, stop fixating on ourselves, turn our attention and try to behold the man Christ every day of our lives. I think a lot of things would go better in our lives if we, if we did that. Yeah. uh, uh, Last night I was uh, rewriting uh, the piece that'll go on the, uh, the Bible, the five minute Bible study. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's worth repeating because it really builds on what you say uh, are saying. And then there's actually more after that that we probably won't have time to talk about. Mm-hmm. But when he, uh, when, this is what I write, when he is in his deepest despair, Job says, what is man? And that can also be found, by the way, in Psalm 8. Mm-hmm. Job yeah. seems to be saying that man is nothing more than a plaything of God. But later he repents and says, surely I spoke of things I did yeah. not understand, things too right. wonderful me to know. Yeah. The definitive answer would come much later as Jesus stood before a raging mob and Pilate proclaims with unintended irony, behold the man. Yeah. That can be found in John 19.5. Uh Actually, anybody that's been in the Gospels at all knows that when Pilate Pilate's speaking from a, the world's point of view, he's a politician. He has a crowd that wants him to execute this man who is standing before them. Uh, they're almost in a the kind of the, the the heat of rebellion. I mean, and Pilate is scared to death as a politician, because he doesn't want to get a bad report going back to Rome that he has screwed up somehow here. 
So he says, behold, the man with a certain amount of irony, because he knows he's going to turn him over to them to do with him what they want. But there's so much more to this man that they are to behold. And even if we had 40 lives to live, we would not be able to contain, that. we would not be able to absorb the who Jesus is entirely because he's the son of God. Hmm. He's uh, the, the greatest gift he has left us is the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit as we're walking behind Jesus on the road we call our lives that we come to see the fullness of Christ, but not the completeness of Christ. And then the, the promise of eternity, this beautiful promise that we have of when we go to eternity is that with unveiled faces, it says, we will behold our Savior face to face. And that's, I think you're right, Eric, here in this world, we will never get a complete full behold picture of who he is. But um, when we get to eternity, he'll lift the veil like a groom to his bride. And there will be nothing standing between us, just beholding him face to face. Whenever somebody dies, uh, and I get to the privilege of praying over that person and with their family, that's often what I find myself praying. Lord, thank you that right now, this child of yours now beholds you face to face. It's a wonderful promise that we can rest in.